This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Now for our teaching time today, we are going to go over the First Thessalonians passage and we're going to start out by first giving just a little bit of general information. And that's for those who are interested in history. Thessalonica was the capital of Macedonia. Now, Philippi was a significant city, as it says in the book of Acts. But Thessalonica was the capital and it was a seaport. And therefore, and this is an important detail to understand, why and how the Thessalonians reacted to the gospel this way. It was, since it was a seaport, it was a rich community. And so as a result, they were comfortable in their pagan gods. Everything seemed okay. Everything was fine. You know how, the, you know how it goes, right? I'm comfortable where I am. Don't do anything to rock the boat. Okay, so that's the way the people were there. Now, Paul starts out his letter with the conventional greetings. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. Now, Silvanus was Silas because he was called by both names. And that was a common feature of people in the Bible is they had one or two different names that they went by. And you just had to kind of keep up with it and figure it out. Well, this one is about this guy here. And yeah, over here they call him this, but here he's called this thing. So, you know, I'm cool with that, you know. So then you read the Bible and you figure, you try to figure this stuff out. Well, there's Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. And by the way, Timothy says hi. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's telling us that he's writing to the church in Thessalonica. And this brings up the question, because of this introduction, do we have people who are our partners in ministry? Somebody who we do ministry with. If we decide we want to teach Sunday school, we have a co-teacher. Or if we decide we want to go street witnessing, and you may roll your eyes at that saying nobody does that anymore. But yes, they do. And so if you're going to do that, do you have a partner that you would go with? Do you have somebody who will keep you focused? Do you have somebody with you who will give you the swift kick if you need it to keep you going because you're going to say, nobody's listening to me all day. What am I going to do? You know, well, let's keep going. So. That's what you have a partner for. And so he was writing then to what's called the Ecclesia. And does anybody know what that is? It's the body. The body of the believers assembled together. So he was writing to the, as it says here, the church of the Thessalonians. Now then he gives the customary blessing. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is an abundant blessing because as Brian Chappelle said in one of his devotions in the last couple of weeks, grace is abundant. God's grace is abundant to us. There's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. 
and we can never run out of that. It is in abundant supply and it is given to us so generously, so beautifully. And it's just wild how forgiving and merciful and gracious God is. Amen. Amen. Have we ever been short on grace? Okay, so that, that proves it there. Now, then he goes on to verse 3. And he says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. So he's remembering them. And that's one of those incentives that we can work for, is that not so we can impress people, but what's going on here and what's needed is that we labor in the Lord in such a way that other people will be thankful for us. Do you know of anybody who's actually thankful that you are in their life? And that's what we should be working for, is to be so gracious and so kind to other people that there are others who say, thank God I know you. And that is amazing. If somebody tells you that, it just makes your day. It makes your day soar like, you know, like an eagle or whatever, to use one of those common illustrations. It is such, that, such a blessing to hear that from somebody. Boy, you are so awesome. You're such a, you know, a, a blessing to me. I just love having you in my life in some way. And so that's something that we can look forward to the more we keep going in our own personal ministry. Now in verse four, it says, knowing beloved brethren, your election by God. You know how special that is? That means God chose us. God picked us. We're here today because of God's grace and because of his blessing. And so we have to ask the question, how should knowing that we have been chosen by God, how should that affect us in our daily lives? Should it make us more grateful to Him? Should we be able to worship Him and hold up His name as holy and rejoice at having Him in our lives because we know that He chose us? That's pretty much a lot better than the alternative right? Because what's the alternative to being chosen by God? The alternative to that is to be left to our own devices and left to sink or swim on our own. That is not a good position to be in, right? Because what's the end result of that? What was that? It ends Yeah, okay, let's go with that. It ends badly. Now, so, no, verse 5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And this is a tough one. When we do ministry of any kind, and this, this is not just for the professional vocational hired preachers. This is for anyone who is in the body of Christ. 
we should all be doing some kind of ministry, whether it's just witnessing to our family members or whether it's being a witness on our workplace or at our workplace or whatever. We should be doing something as a labor of love for the Lord. And so what does it mean for us if we are ministering in power? And it's not a trick question. What does it mean for us if we are actually doing our ministry work with the power of God behind us? What that means is that we will have a greater impact on the other people around us. If we are doing our ministry thing, whether we're just loving somebody in Jesus' name, or whether or not we're actually sharing the gospel with them or whatever, we are doing it. If we have God's power behind us, it's going to have a greater effect. Right? Amen? Now, verse 6, and this is even tougher. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believed. So what this means is they received the word of God in much affliction. That's another way of saying what? Trouble. 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 Okay, that's one. Or persecution. Remember at the very beginning we said it was a rich seaport where all the people were really comfortable in their way of life. And so when people started coming to Jesus and believing in him, they, the believers in Thessalonica, under, started undergoing persecution. And if you do, want to do that, you can look it up in Acts chapter 17 at the beginning. And it says that eventually Paul had to leave Thessalonica for his own safety. They sent him out of there because he was in deep danger. Well, you know, he decided to leave Silas and Timothy behind because they were the, they were the understudies. Paul was the big guy and they had to get him out of town because the Jews in the town stirred up the people and they started rioting. And I believe I've said this many times, but no one could start a riot like Paul. And wherever he went, he started once. Something broke out. People were, you know, getting crazy. And as a matter of fact, in this instance, there was this guy named Jason. And the people were beating him up because Paul had stayed at his house. And so there was persecution there. And so think about this. They had an amazing faith that became famous all over Macedonia and Achaia in that area. Why do you think that was? And it was because of the persecution. As a result of that, they had to start believing and apprehending the things of God more quickly because they were under the pressure from the people of the city. And we have to remember that. One of these days, if we ever get to that place where there is actual physical persecution against Christians. We have to be able to hang on and grow and mature faster because that's what's going to save our necks, basically. And so that's what the Thessalonians did, is they believed 
and they did so under persecution. We continue on, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you, you know, because they were, Paul was still getting a lot of credit for witnessing to the people and bringing them to Christ. And so it was bountiful in the way the Thessalonians responded. So Paul was still giving thanks for them. Here's another thing. We're going to move and switch gears here a little bit. Has anyone heard of the idea or the concept of praying the scriptures, using the Bible to pray, looking at a passage and praying that back to the Lord? We see a wonderful example of that in Acts chapter 4. After the apostles had been threatened by the Pharisees saying, you have to stop talking about Jesus and his resurrection. They said, we're not going to do that. But they got threatened by the Sanhedrin saying, you better stop doing that. And so they went back to all their confederates. And what they did was they started to pray. But what did they pray? They prayed Psalm 2. And so what happened after that prayer? Does anyone remember? The place where they were was shaken. And then they all received the power of God and they went out and they preached the gospel more boldly and more powerfully. So that is the potential effect of us praying the scriptures. Now, last week's passage would have been ideal for this, because if you remember, it was Philippians 4 and it was all about prayer, right? Pray and pray and pray and rejoice in the Lord always and everything with prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God and so forth. But I'm going to go through the passage we just looked at. And so what I'm going to do is pray this passage and show how you take the scriptures and pray from the scriptures. So I hope everyone has your Bible out. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And look at the text as we go along and see how that translates into a prayer. And so let's get started with that. O oh Lord, we come to you and we see that Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy were the writers of this letter. And we pray, Lord, that we will be able to faithfully live up to the faithful example of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And Lord, they addressed the church, they addressed it to the church of the Thessalonians and God and the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, may we be like that. Lord, help us and strengthen us so that we will be a church like the Thessalonians, faithful under the circumstances. And Lord, it says their grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that we will be able to be a blessing to others and that we will pronounce that blessing to other people and that we will extend to them grace upon grace upon grace and receive the peace of God. Receive your peace, Lord, we pray. And Lord, then we give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers. Lord, we pray that we will be a church that people are thankful that they know about. Lord, we pray that we will be a church that resembles a faithful body of believers. And Lord, we pray that 
we will remember those who've been faithful to us. But Lord, we also pray that we will have an example that is so strong and profound that people will remember our work and our faithful service to you and our labor of love and our patience of hope that we will not lose hope, that we will hang on to that hope that we have through Jesus. And Lord, we are grateful that you have chosen us to be your children. We're grateful that you've chosen us to give us that foundation of faith. You're, we're grateful that you've chosen us to walk with you in fellowship. Lord, we are grateful for that. And Lord, we just thank you because you have given us the assurance in faith that we know that we can walk with you in power and strength. And Lord, we also pray, God, if there ever is any persecution, God, give us the strength to hold up under that. God, give us the strength to hang on, that we will not give up, that even if there is persecution, we will still embrace you, Lord, because we know you are our fortress and our deliverer and our protector. And Lord, we pray that we will be able to sound out the gospel. This church, our church, Christ the King, will be a proclaimer of the gospel to this area around here, that we will be a witness for you and that we will genuinely reflect the power that you have in people's lives. And they will say, man, look at that church. We see the power of God flowing from that church. Lord, we pray that that's how we will be and Lord, we also pray that we will be able to witness to others and turn them from their wicked ways, turn them from their worldly desires, turn them from their worldly habits and turn them towards you that they will serve you and no longer be servants of the world. Because Lord, serving you is life and serving the Lord world is death. And so, Lord, we pray that with this, all these things in mind, that we will be willing to wait for your coming. We'll be willing to wait to see the glory of your resurrection in our lives, that we will be willing to walk with you and that we will see your deliverance for us and your salvation for us and for those we love. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I hope indeed that this was instructive, that we will be able to, in each one of us from this time forward, look at a passage and find a way to turn it into a prayer back to God, because there is power in the Word of God. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.